the show, everyone. It's Jesse Mogul. Everything's interesting, and it's Maintaining Momentum Monday. All right, so it's Monday. Gar as Garfield would say, I hate Mondays. Has that lady in, what was it, Office Space? Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Oh, hell no. Hell, I think if somebody said that, we'd kick his ass. Um, I'm just over here thinking about Mondays and realizing that it's not Mondays that suck. It's your job. And I think I've thrown out three cliches about Mondays so far, and I bet you there's more, but I'm not going to Google it because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. It's Sunday night, and I'm sitting over here on the microphone thinking about Mondays. And how are you repairing yourself over the weekend to prepare yourself for the week? Now, all of this came about because I, I got home from a fun little Sunday, you know, just trying to be alive and have a great experience to prepare myself for a busy week. It's my birthday week. I also will turn 17 months old in sobriety. And this has been a really amazing two months coming out of that relationship and, and the amount of growth that I've had and I've really started to set myself down some new patterns and some new mo modalities of behavior and one of them is really focusing on what am I doing over the weekend to prepare myself for the weekday and when, when I got home and I was sitting there talking to Ros Rosalie and Patrick uh, Rosalie is finishing up a 30-day no alcohol challenge that she put upon herself Patrick rarely drinks Thomas never drinks um, all the people that I've surrounded myself barely touch alcohol that was not on purpose, but maybe it was. Maybe I manifested that through uh, my actions and, and my behaviors, and the universe brought me people that also did not need to imbibe alcohol to enjoy themselves. And as we started to talk, we were saying, you know, how is it that people believe that in order to relax and decompress and, and all the other adjectives that people would use, uh, to just describe how they uh, consume a vice, whether it be alcohol or drugs or sugar or whatever it might be that helps you relax and decompress. What is it that you're really searching for whenever you reach for that vice? And how is that actually helping you relax or, or decompress? So speaking specifically about alcohol, because I'm in sobriety, I'm only going to touch upon that, but you can just go ahead and assume that eating 15 cupcakes over the weekend or smoking a, you know, a quarter of weed isn't going to be any more beneficial to your relaxation and decompression because you're putting a poison into your body. Now, I don't, I'm not even going to get into the medical marijuana stuff. That's a whole different thing. I just, just hear me out. This is what's working for me. This is my perspective. Um, if you're here and you're listening to me, then clearly that you enjoy me enough that you're willing to do that. If not, and this goes completely against your value system, go ahead and, and flip over. I'm sure there's a podcast out there that would better suit you. I'm just simply asking you to think about how are you relaxing and decompressing to repair yourself to prepare for the weekday. If you're turning to alcohol and you're putting this poison into your body, and you're you know having fun on a Friday night, maybe you're drinking six or twelve on a Sunday, Saturday, a barbecue on a Sunday, another six in your body. Then, really ask yourself, how is putting that toxin into your system really helping you relax or decompress? What sequence of actions are you putting yourself through that causes the trigger that says this is the only way that I can find to get myself into a state of relaxation? so that I can begin to mellow out after a hard week. And I get it. 
We all have jobs that uh, on any given day, plenty of us are doing things, even at a job we love. I've got friends out here who are actors and photographers and podcasters. We're all doing things that we love in general, but there's certain aspects of it that we don't like and that drive us mad and we need to figure out a way to relax. You know, when Rosalie was talking specifically about how she used to like to imbibe after she got done teaching a class, she started to notice the sequence of patterns that led to that. And that, you know, get out of work and come home and reach for the glass of wine and now, you know, quote unquote, relaxation has begun. And you ask yourself, is that really how the only way relaxation can begin? And is putting a toxin or, you know, a poison into your body because um, no matter what report comes out and says one glass of wine a day will help lower your heart risk. Read a really great article recently about how alcohol actually causes cancer in men and women, but mostly, uh, well, heavily in women, not mostly in women. Um, point being is that these tests that are done that come out and say, drink wine and it'll lower your heart risk. Um, well, one, there's plenty of other things that will also lower your heart risk by much, much bigger numbers. Um, and two, those, those tests tend to be funded by um, associations that have a backing by alcohol uh, groups and alcohol companies. So when you're sitting there and you're thinking, this is how I'm going to relax, is there other ways that you can relax? When I used to smoke cigarettes, I read a book by, I think it was Alan Carr or David Carr called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And he really uses, uh, so he uses neuro-linguistic programming techniques to get you to stop smoking uh, without even realizing it as you're reading the book. And one of the things that he said, you know, that really stuck with me is that there's four reasons why people will smoke a cigarette. They're happy, they're sad, they're stressed, they're relaxing. And he's like, how can a cigarette do all of those? How can you be having anxiety and then a cigarette makes you relaxed? And then how can you be relaxing and a cigarette make you more relaxed? You know, when you're happy, you want a cigarette. When you're sad, you want a cigarette. It's just the story you're telling yourself for why you need this thing in your life. So if you're coming home from work and you're thinking, hmm, I need a vice to help me relax, you know, but then at the same time, you'll come home from work and be like, oh, such a stressful day. I need this vice to relax. And then you are already relaxed and now you need it because it's going to make you more relaxed. Oh, it was such a great day at work. I need a drink. Oh, such a hard day at work. I need a drink. Oh, I'm so sad about work. I need a drink. So sad about life. I need a drink. And I'm saying all this because if you're going to maintain momentum going into your work week, you've got to think about what are you doing to repair to prepare. And, you know, getting a better sleep throughout the week certainly would help. Eating better throughout the week will definitely help. And over the weekend, that's your opportunity to catch up on a couple hours of sleep. But if you've been systematically only getting five hours of sleep a night when the human body needs seven to nine, you five days in a row of that, that's 10 hours of sleep you're lost out on. You're not going to catch that up in one day. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. On times I've tried to get 12 hours of sleep in a day, I have not woken up from that feeling rested. In fact, I think that every hour I go past eight is actually going backwards. So if I get 12, I've in reality only gotten four. Bidois break. Thank you for allowing me that three seconds to do. So as I got sober and I started thinking about what am I going to do to repair, to prepare, and especially over the last couple months, has I've really begun to refocus on all my career aspirations and really just tighten up my life, figure out what people are, are 
here and, and should be here, letting go of the people that shouldn't, drawing up healthy boundaries and alerting the people who who needed the boundaries set upon that this is what's happening now and the people who've already had boundaries, you know, just clearing those up with people. Um, I've also had to do that with myself and ask myself, what am I doing to maintain momentum over the weekend to prepare for the Monday to really crush it throughout the week? And so let's assume that you're ready to skip over the vice or at least put it into a more controllable state so that you can get yourself in a good headspace for the rest of the week. Um, I'm not saying sit in front of your computer and work uh, like I would do, but there are certainly ways that you can start to schedule out your week and focus on what it is you're going to try to accomplish for the week. You know, come up, obviously, you know, most of us have jobs that allow for a daily goal and then a weekly goal and then a monthly goal. And if you wanted to 90 day year it, like, you know, Michael Hyatt and a couple other people have done, you want to go out there and Google, you know, organizational time management systems. There are about a handful that I could name off the top of my head that have not sponsored my show, so they will not get a free plug. That all focus on doing things in 90-day increments, which is you know nothing more different than a business working their way through a quarter. But you can do that for yourself, like a business would, and say you know it doesn't have to necessarily be what you're doing at work. If you've got an office space kind of job where you're just pushing paper all day, then what is it you're trying to do in your normal life? What is it you're trying to do through a hobby? or building your own business or focusing on yourself that you could be really working on over the weekends and putting those same you know eight hours that you're doing on the weekdays can you put four hours on saturday and sunday each to work towards a goal a hobby something that you'd like to take up you know i'm talking with uh my mentor in perceptual positionings today and he's talking about what is it that you're doing every day to be more alive what aliveness is the key if you're not if you're not living a life of aliveness how are you going to, to manifest other people into your life that are also living a, the life of aliveness? And I ask myself, well, what is it that I'm doing on a day-to-day and week-to-week and a month-to-month basis to keep myself alive? Today, I decided to go do a little putt-putt with a friend because, hey, I wanted to be outside and enjoy sunshine, but not hike up a mountain and certainly not be inside under the air conditioner. It's Sure, it's the valley and it's 98 degrees, but hey... I wanted to be outside. That's what I did today to be alive. So what are you doing over the weekend to be alive? What are you doing to schedule yourself uh, out over the weekend to, to repair, to prepare? And I'm going to keep pushing that on this episode of Maintaining Momentum Monday because when Rosalie said it, it really struck a chord with me. You spend the weekend repairing. You should be repairing every day, but the weekend is really your opportunity to focus on yourself and to repair to prepare and if you work in a hotel which is one of my side hustles here in la la land uh, we always uh, will go around and be like when's your friday because we get two days off in a row but it's not necessarily saturday and sunday so some people's friday will be a tuesday and that means they have wednesday thursday off and so whatever your two days off in a row or whatever your days off happen to be what are you doing to maximize your repairing and uh, so three pointers that I can give you right now. I need to give you actionable steps because I'm getting ready to close this up. Maintaining Momentum Monday. I want this to be a shotgun of information. I want to get you out the door and be ready. So the number one way is to make sure you're focusing on your eating and your sleeping. And I know this is something that you hear from everyone, but I can assure you cutting out the the Coca-Cola, cutting out the sugary snacks, cutting out the copious amounts of beer or alcohol or poisonous foods that you're putting into your body, these prepackaged nonsense, is going to help repair you. It's going to prepare you. 
I've got a buddy named Mike out in Indiana who's losing weight just by cutting out the Coca-Cola and the candy. I got a buddy uh, Dan out in Boston who's taking nutrition advice. I'm coaching him up from me and you know we've cut out the beer and we've got him eating carrots for lunch instead of Cheetos and you know he's already starting to shed weight I've got a couple friends here in LA I've got a friend in Seattle that are all doing various things to lose weight and they start to shed pounds and all of a sudden they're feeling a lot better for themselves so eating and drinking healthier things is the number one tip I can give you if there's more information, I can assure you there is, but first and foremost, you can sure as hell look in your fridge and look in your pantry and find something that you know that you're eating too much or drinking too much of that is not helping. Number two, actually look at your schedule. I like to call it a schedule and not a to-do list. Um, if you're going to put putting things on a to-do list, you know, running errands and, and, and things of that, like, yeah, we're used to putting those things on a to-do list. But the problem with a to-do list is that it doesn't often factor in the amount of time that it's going to take to accomplish that. So schedule things out so that you've allotted the, the right amount of time for it. We try to prepare for our week by putting together to-do lists for Monday through Friday, and we find ourselves um, running out of time. And I'll talk more about time in a second. The key is scheduling out the actual amount that it's going to take. If I say that I'm going to do five things on a Monday, and I know one of them, like always, is the gym, I can't only give that 45 minutes. I know for a fact to and from with the car and the actual working out is going to be an hour and a half round trip. So if I can add in the dry cleaners and add in the bank and add in the post office on the way there, and what is a realistic amount of time to do that? You know, saying oh, I can get all that done in 20 minutes. Well, it's going to take me 20 minutes just to drive to those three locations and heaven forbid there's a line. So whenever you're building out your to-do list, actually schedule out the right amount of time that it'll take and give yourself a 15 to 30 minute buffer um, where, where needed, especially if it's traffic involved. If you're going to be at home and you're saying, I need to read this book for an hour, okay, you can do that. You can put your phone on airplane mode, sit down and only read that book for one hour. And now that's been scheduled out. Get up, Pomodoro it, do something physical. Uh, if you don't know about the Pomodoro technique, it says a lot, 20, uh, 20 minutes to uh, 45 minutes, depending on what kind of, of uh, task you're trying to complete. And then when it's done, give yourself anywhere between five and 15 minutes of uh, some sort of physical activity after you're done with, with the task so that your brain has a chance to actually relax. Don't do a 45 minute long, you know, don't do five slides for your presentation in 45 minutes, and then in that 15 minute break that you're allowed afterwards, check email. That's not letting your brain off the hook. Your brain needs to chill. So get up, do some lunges, do some push ups, walk around your house, go outside, smell some flowers, let bees chase you, whatever it is you gotta do, just let your brain have a moment. So it's, that's its reward. And then when you come back from that five to 15 minute break, you're able to jump back into work and your brain's had a chance to just, you know, calm down for a second. I can assure you this works. Try it out, I beg of you. Step number three, stop thinking you don't have enough time. 
I'm reading an amazing book called The Big Leap. I've just finished it once. I'm getting ready to audible through it again. And he starts talking about Newtonian versus Einsteinian. Einstein time versus um, Newton, Newtonian time, Newton's time. Where Newton comes from a place where time is scarce. Einstein came from a place where time was abundant. If you go into things with a scarcity mode mindset, then you will never have enough. Abundance mindset in all aspects of your life. And this is something I'll touch upon at a different podcast. I've already got it in my Trello board. But I can assure you, abundance mindset when it comes to time. You create time around you. And I know for the parents out there and the people with really hectic lifestyles who think they don't have enough time, the fact of the matter is, you do. And notice where you're losing 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day screwing off doing something ridiculous where you could be better time management. If you know you've got to be somewhere at 3 o'clock and you live in L.A., get on Google Maps, punch in the address, figure out if it's going to take you 30 minutes, then leave 45 minutes beforehand. I mean, what does it honestly matter if you get there 15 minutes early? You're screwing around on your phone all the time anyways. There, you, you, maybe you want to read a Kindle book. Don't, don't sit at home and read the Kindle book. Get there 15, 20 minutes earlier. Sit in the parking garage or sit in a, 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 you know, where a, a red curb space until it's 10 minutes before you're supposed to be there, five minutes before you're supposed to be there. Then put away the Kindle. Put away your phone. Go park in the parking garage. Now you've got the right time on your ticket. And then go into the place and now you're on time and you're not rushed. You know, if you know that you want to, uh, again, for those of you who have families and your kids got activities, you're always feeling like you're pushed and pulled all over the place, you know, figure out in your schedule how much time it's going to take to get that stuff done, divvy up those tasks, and, you know, rather than sitting there at the kids' game, I know it's going to sound crazy coming from a dude with no kids, but I know some of y'all out there will sit there at your kids' game, and then you get home, and you're rushing around like kid plays 74 baseball games a season um, take a book take the computer you know whatever it is you can do I don't know your life and I'm not even going to begin to try to figure that out but figure out where you're losing time where you'd rather be doing something else or you could be doing something else while you're at the kids game so just come into an idea that if there's if time is abundant then where are you letting that abundance of time slip to and where could you salvage it? And so I've let that part go on a little bit long, and I'm sure I'll get some some texts and some calls from my friends who are like, you don't even have kids. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, that's my old lady voice, by the way, on the porch. Um, so that's what I have to say about maintaining momentum on the Mondays. Um, a lot of it that I'm going to talk about has to do about those three keys. You know, um, eat better, drink better. Um, schedule out the actual amount of time it's going to take you to do stuff and also come from a place where time is abundant and I'm going to do podcasts specifically on all three of those but when you're trying to repair yourself over the weekend to prepare yourself uh, think about what it is you're going to try to accomplish um, that weekend and over the rest of the week Um, are you putting things into your body that are going to benefit you are you allotting the correct amount of time, even on the weekend? If you've got to try to mow the lawn and weed eat and you know do all this yard work, are you allotting the right amount of time? Are you doing in four hours what could be done in two if you just stayed focused and got it done and stopped you know, going back inside for some tea and watch some of the game 
you know, it's like nowadays there's TiVo. Turn your phone on airplane mode, get the chores done, go inside, don't turn your phone back on and watch the game. You honestly didn't even know what the hell was going on before. You still don't know now. Now you can watch it like it's live. Um, so, and then of course there is the coming from a place where time is abundant. So this is my first one, and I don't know if they're all gonna go crazy long like this. My uh, my goal was to keep it at 10 minutes. I failed. You're coming up on 20 minutes. But I just want you guys to maintain your momentum. Eat better, drink better, schedule out tasks for the right amount of time, and come from a place of abundance, abundance of time. If if you have an abundance of time. You're going to start to see where you can start to pick up a lot of minutes throughout your day. This is going to make scheduling things a hell of a lot easier. And your body will be operating at its peak ability because you'll be putting in only the best fuel. So that's what I have to say about that. Much love, everybody. This is Season 3. This is Episode 2. It is the very first one of Maintaining Momentum Mondays. i got so much to talk about. I'm thinking about launching another podcast that's specifically about... Uh, vices. I've got another one about communication. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I'm doing. I thought about rebranding this one. That's a whole other story. I'm going to let this go. Much love, everybody. I hope you find everything as interesting as I do. As always, take care of one another. And remember, the power of positive energy. Release and flow.